Flesh for Fantasy, our theme song this week. You're a Billy Idol fan. You like that? Uh, you know, I do, but I thought, I kind of thought you were going to go with Hungry Like the Wolf. Hungry Like George Wolf? <laughs> that is, yes, that is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> Welcome to the Fright Club podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from MadWolf.com, and it's all about the cannibals this week. And this was an idea we got from a lot of the Fright Clubbers. Yeah, well, actually, one of our favorite Facebook pages is Columbus Horror. It's Columbus, like K-I-L-L, Columbus Horror. And uh, we saw it pop up while we were on vacation, and I thought, and we thought about, we kicked around doing a, a cannibal podcast, and I thought, I don't know, do people really want to hear about that? But this this thread just got all kinds of action, and I thought, all right, <laughs> sold, I'm doing it. Good, good. So, yeah, it's going to be our favorite, our five favorite cannibalistic Horror movies, and we'll talk about some others that didn't quite make the list. But also, quickly, uh, if you're a horror fan, you probably know there's a new horror movie out uh, in theaters as of a few days ago, and uh, I didn't see it. You did, Sinister Two. What do you think? Nah. All right. Yeah. You know, the first one, I had pretty low expectations when I saw the first one, and I came away going, "Okay, like, uh, all right, that was pretty mean." Uh, you know, in, in, in an enjoyable way, but it was, you know, it didn't go where I expected it to go. I mean, it, it was pretty mean and and a bit spooky and scary, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. But now the second one is just it's just a mess. Well, from everything that I, I read on the interwebs, I think every, <laughs> everybody agrees with you. Yeah, Doesn't seem like it's going. But the reason, real quickly, to get off topic, the reason I didn't see it is because I was watching a documentary about Evil Knievel called <laughs> being evil and we're not we're not going to get into my history with evil Knievel as a, as just a, to say that i didn't think i was going to make it to my movie because of the amount of time he spent in detail he went into in gesturing <laughs> I, I witnessed so he could tell me about how cool the evil Knievel toys were when he was you little. know what if you're not familiar look them up those were the greatest toys and i had almost all of them but uh it's good it's a good documentary i don't know how many how wide release it's getting. I know it's in uh, Columbus this weekend, but you know, if you maybe grew up in the '70s and Evil Knievel fan, check it out. It's really, really enjoyable. All right. But the other thing is, last week we had a lot of fun with some of our favorite "So Bad It's Good" movies, and we got a lot of great feedback. I think a lot of people. I mean, I we appreciate it all. I think a lot of people started nominating just "So Bad They're Really Bad" movies, which we well, it's appreci- a fine line. That's fine. Right? It's yeah, a fine right. line. Some people really enjoy bad movies of all ilk, and for me, they have to also entertain me. <laughs> um, and for you, you just don't want to see them. So <laughs> it's a fine line. So there were some good. Really bad recommendations put in. Like, what's that one? Manos, Hands of Fate, or whatever that is. That yeah, one is that's always what, thought yeah, of as is. just one of the worst it's, movies yeah, ever made. Yeah. But, so, you know, for me, that's movie is almost like there's a movie uh, called uh, Zoltan, Hound of Dracula. <laughs> you know, and I remember the first time I saw that title, I'm like, yes, please. But it's just just deadly boring. It's awful. It's a horrible, terrible movie. Yeah. And there are moments that make it worthwhile. This this guy, this guy's like spooky, starey face. Oh, my God, it's so terrible. And just the illogic of the entire. But anyway, but Manos is like that for me. It's just it's just plain old boring. Yeah, bad. so that's not. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to talk about those. That's not what. Last week we were really going for. But, I think uh, the main thing we want to talk about about last week was a little a little argument we asked the interwebs to settle for us. Right about how Sue and I win. You P.S. Do win. But, I win. But didn't I say? I said I know I'm going to win and going to. No, I mean, said, I said you. I know you're going to win and I'm going to be off in the corner with all my friends. That's right. And that's exactly what happened. I understand. You know, <laughs> I can take that gracefully. I still hate that movie, I but love I love it. But I, I agree. I'm I'm taking my lumps, and I know that my op- opinion is an unpopular one, but. And here's what has come up, what I didn't realize. Here's what has come up in the aftermath. He also doesn't like happiness of the categories. I had no idea that that was the case. And that is a... I I love... Okay, 
I'm not going to go. It's it's not of of house, you know, no, variety. I know, you really hate house. It's just that style is just not really mm-hmm. my my thing. But that's okay. Yeah. You know, um, I certainly don't have a, a feeling for categories I do for house. I just house, yeah. as I said last week. You you know, it's just a waste of my time. I can't get t- that time back. I love. I but, love. Uh, well, and and uh, categories is a Takashi Miike movie. Right. We, we love. Him. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. So, so that's not the same thing. But yeah, thanks, thanks for all that. We had a lot of fun. I know I lose. That's okay. <laughs> uh, still hate the movie, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we're going on the um, the good recommendation of getting into some some cannibal movies, and um, there are a few right off the top that we're gonna we considered, but not really make yeah, the list. Yeah, I mean, right? I think you know, um, if you're sort of outside the horror, you know, you might think to yourself, really, cannibal movies? But I mean, there are there are dozens and dozens of great cannibal movies, like, and and they don't even have to be horror movies, you know. I mean, um, uh, Soylent Green, Soylent Green, it's Rocky people. Horror, Rocky Horror Picture Show, right, right. And there's a uh, there's a, an old Shakespeare play, Titus Andronicus, which they made into a movie with Anthony Hopkins, who's always eating people, by the way, <laughs> which is great too. I mean, you know, cannibalism works this way, and eating Raoul, that's a favorite. That's a favorite of mine. I mean, right. you know, it's it's you know, it, it it bleeds into a lot of things. And some of the ones that we're not going to talk about today, but I'm just going to run over because I love them anyway. Motel Hell. I think I made it clear how much I love that movie. Yeah, last and I'm week. even I'm even on board with that with that one. Yeah, uh, as that's we a great about one. Last week. Parents, that's a fun one. Bob Balaban directed that, and so you know, it's it's just a it's a wacky horror comedy, yeah. and it's it's fun. Microwave Massacre, actually, that's one that somebody yeah. brought up. They wanted Microwave Massacre on last week's list so bad it's good. It deserved a mention. It really did. I'd forgotten. It's it's really phenomenally bad. I mean, it's, it's like almost Night of a Thousand Cats bad. It's oh. it's a phenomenally bad film. But but is it so bad it's good? Uh, maybe. Whereas Blood Feast, for example, that's so bad it's just bad. Blood Feast is hard to watch. It's just terrible. <clears throat> but it's a it's a famous one by uh, Herschel, Herschel Gordon-Lewis who, right, 2000 Maniacs. I mean, Herschel Gordon-Lewis, he's just churned out tons and tons of really the worst sort of drive-in horror, but the best sort of bad. Anyway, Blood Feast is terrible. Um, and then of course, there's Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, which we we've we've brought that up a few times. How we don't really have a lot of love for I it. I hate mean, it. I hate that movie. Okay, then it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me talking about a house. I know it's infamous. It's famous. It's infamous. You know, you get you have those stories about how the you know the director had to come in and prove that the one actress was still alive, or yeah. he was, you know those stories get passed on. It's just a rape movie. That's the thing, though. It is. All right, if I'm just gonna if I'm just gonna pick nits, if I want to watch a cannibal movie, I'd like some cannibalism, please. I don't want to just watch a series of rapes yeah. and then and then there's that yeah, that turtle, yeah, which that's oh not God. good at all. No, yeah. So, so it's it's just yeah. So we're not. It's not worth the punishment that movie because. But anyway, yeah. and uh, and then of course the one. So here's the one that I think people will be irritated by that didn't make the list, and it just just missed the list. The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. So I'm just gonna apologize up front. If we had gone to six, if we did our fuzzy math, Hills Have Eyes would have made it. <laughs> But we've talked about that movie before. I mean, it's 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 infamous and wonderful in a lot of ways, but oh, it yeah. didn't quite make the list. I think the main thing we have talked about that is because how early on you realize you have no idea what how low they're going to go. Exactly. You think you know what the parameters are of what's really going to happen in a movie, and then they go beyond those yeah. parameters, and, and uh-oh. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, yeah. Wes Craven, especially in his, his early films, had a way of making you feel unsafe. Right. Um, and, and The Hills Have Eyes does that really, really brilliantly, plus the Survivors wearing Ohio State t-shirt. So <laughs> Plus Michael Behrman. That's right! Who's, oh my God. Woo! Yeah. You see that face and you know that this is a this is going to be a nutty. Um, and the other one... Well, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it yet. But it's a, it's a good reason to have this list because it's coming out really shortly. At least it's going to come to Columbus pretty soon. Yeah, Green Inferno, uh, which is uh, Eli, the latest from Eli Roth. And boy, 
Talk about polarizing. We got. I don't think you got into it. I, I, did, yeah, I, I did was not involved get into it. in a big internet discussion that turned into quite a little melee about the merits or demerits of Eli Roth. And yeah. boy, there are some really strong opinions. I am not particularly a fan. Uh, I don't dislike him as much as some of the people that we got going on this right, discussion. Right. But uh, other people like him a lot. You know, I'm kind of, eh. Uh, you know, Cabin Fever, people seem to like the best, although, as you say, that's kind of just ripped off a lot of other movies Cabin Fever does. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of horror movies that are just sort of homages to other movies. Uh, another person that we're not a huge fan of, though, who does this really well is Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie loves horror, and every time you watch a Rob Zombie movie, even if you don't like it, you can see the the, the deep affection for the genre right. in casting and in little odes that he puts yes. in. For me, Cabin Fever just felt like a ripoff. It was just Evil Dead kind of meets 28 Days Later. Seriously. I mean, it was so it was so Evil Dead, which most Cabin in the Woods horror is, but yeah. I mean, it was pretty unapologetically. But, you know, and um, I thought uh, there were some problems with Hostel and, and Hostel 2, but they were um, relevant, certainly. But yeah, I'm just not a huge fan, but I don't right. really hate him either. I don't, either. Like, I don't like to see him in movies. I don't think he... I think he's a really bad actor, and right. I wish that people would stop putting him in movies, but... So this one uh, is coming out soon. I don't know exactly the, the release date. Because it's it, been pushed back for three years. Yeah. Three years. So. Which might be, that, I mean, that's not necessarily always a bad sign because it's an independent horror movie and so sometimes just stuff happens. Yeah. But. but from watching the trailer, the uh, the premise seems to be a group of, of young adults are going, they want to help save the rainforest and then there's a plane crash and they get picked up by a primitive tribe and things go Go wrong. Yeah. Um, so that's Green Inferno. So that one could be could be on a future list of, of this type, but we don't know. Uh, that's coming out a little later this year. So those are the ones uh, that didn't quite crack our top five. And one the other thing we wanted to mention, which was a lot of fun, we keep going back to this uh, uh, this Columbus Horror Group on Facebook. It's a lot of fun. But I found a list. I forget who did it, but they they pretty much polled the the internet, all the the webs. And came up with a list of the best horror movies so far of the 21st century, uh, and I posted it on there. It's a pretty good list. It's pretty good. Um, Not there. I mean, there are some pretty gaping holes for me, but it, it is. It, it's and, decent. And a, yeah. A lot, some of the sequencing, I would be right. But I mean, there's there aren't any movies on the list I didn't love. Yeah. So, so all in all, know, it was yeah. pretty decent. Yeah. If you haven't checked that out and you want to, again, it's Columbus Horror, uh, the uh, the group on Facebook. But it's a decent, or you could probably just find it um, on uh, just on the. The web Google in it. general, yeah, but it's it's decent. I mean, it's got a lot of the titles we've talked about a lot. You know, especially near the top, we're good to see, glad to see things like It Follows, yeah, you know, Babadook, yeah, things like that. Uh, Let the right one in, yeah, uh, one of my favorites. So, so that was since we talk about those movies a lot, I thought it was interesting. Just, hey, you know what? Just as long as they're plugging list. something, as yeah. long as they're plugging something, I just want to point out. So, Fright Fest is a is a uh, horror movie festival that that runs in England, and I got the great opportunity to preview a whole bunch of the movies that. And so, beginning I think August twenty eighth, if you go. To screenrelish.com, you're going to see just review after review after review after review of these horror movies that will be making their way toward you in the next 12 months. So check it out. I have seen some great stuff. Um, and so, anyway, yeah, beginning August 28th, just check out uh, screenrelish.com for a bunch of reviews of horror movies. I should be ringing the little bell that means shameless plug. <laughs> that's right. Shameless plug alert. But no, that's very cool because, uh, yeah, thank you to Craig and the yeah. gang at Screenrelish for giving us a chance to, uh, to see those early. Fright Fest. Very cool. Yeah. England. England swings. Um, <laughs> the uh, the top five moving into the list for this week of our cannibalistic horror movies. This is one that I haven't seen, so you'll have to clue me in on this. Okay. Uh, it's from 2001 called Trouble Every Day. No, Dr. Simino doesn't work here anymore. Look into my eyes. I really need to find him. 
And this one stars one of our favorites, Beatrice Dahl from Inside, Inside, of course. And also Vincent Gallo, who is just a little bit out there. If you've ever seen anything Vincent Gallo, I, I don't know what maybe his favorite. Buffalo, Buffalo 66. Buffalo 66 is the best one. Brown uh, Bunny the Brown is probably Bunny the worst. I saw. Did you see the Brown no. Bunny? Uh, weird. Um, so he's always, you know, you're in for a different kind of experience uh, with Vincent Gallo. But the, the trailer intrigued me. So set it up. What's going on? So, Vincent Gallo is uh, honeymooning in Paris with, obviously, his new bride. But, you know, there, there's something else going on there. And uh, and he's actually looking up a different couple, a doctor, and or I think they may have both been doctors, that he'd worked with in the past and some sort of uh, medical experimentation. Anyway, and then we check in with the Beatrice Dahl character, and she has some sort of uh, brain dysfunction at this point based on this research that they had done anyway she can't separate sort of lust from bloodlust and so she's very constantly interested in having sex and at a very pivotal time during sex then she eats you Woo! and i think the fact is he realizes now that he's married he's starting to have the same problem Ooh. so you know what this sounds like that great movie black widow with Teresa russell <laughs> <laughs> Remember the tagline? She mates and she kills. Remember that? Yeah, Boy, not... was that an awful movie. Did you see that? Ever? I did see it, yeah, oh. with Deborah Winger. Right? And Deborah Winger yeah. and Teresa Russell, yeah. who's got to be one of the worst actresses that have yeah, ever come along. I think along. you are correct. She probably oh. is. This is nothing like that. Okay, sorry. This couldn't be anything less like that. In <laughs> fact, there there are two scenes from this movie that almost made our most har- har- worst, hardest scenes to watch list. They're... Um, which is basically the the lengthiest sex scene from each of the two main characters because they it is hard to watch. It's they don't the uh, uh, Claire Denis is the director and she does not pull away. She does not shy away from what's happening and it's it's tough. Ooh, yeah. Um, and and it's a very it's it is it's a very disturbing film and it doesn't give you a lot of exposition. It's just these sort of very uh, very memorable scenes that kind of weave a theme together for you without without really holding your hand much. And uh, for, for, the performances are great. It's very bloody. It's it's, it's very sort of weird and hypnotic. Um, and I I recommend it. And also a bit of trivia. For the music fans, the title comes from a Frank Zappa song. Yeah, yeah yes. So that's that's very cool. It is. Uh, Trouble Every Day, all right. I'm going to have to check that one out from 2001. That's number five in our, in our favorite uh, cannibalistic movies. And number four, this one I think is a favorite for a lot of people, uh, from 1999, Ravenous. We have four missing soldiers, Captain, and no bodies. We need a supportable explanation. It's an old Indian myth from the north. Man eats the flesh of another. He absorbs the other man's strength. Now, one man must choose. We need others. Between having dinner and being dinner. He was licking me! Ravenous. Bon appetit. I'll be honest with you. I rewatched this because on that Facebook thread, this was so popular. I, I watched it when it came out, but that was a long time ago. And I didn't remember it so much as a horror movie. I remember it kind of comedy. as a historical comedy yeah, drama yeah. sort of a thing. Um, and I, I did originally have Motel Hell on this list instead, but I bumped this one. I bumped it. I think that's a good call. Yeah. yeah because it does certainly have that um, comedic 
uh, element running through it. Maybe more so in the trailer than in the actual movie. Yeah, but there are a lot of funny moments in this movie. There really are. But it's not, I wouldn't call it an outright comedy, but there are some very goofy characters. And uh, but and, and Guy oh, Pierce. Um, the st- uh, Arquette. Yeah, David yeah. Arquette. <laughs> yeah, David yeah. Arquette. He plays, yeah, just a stoner. Stoner like, guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like an 1820s stoner. Yeah, as soon as you said uh, offbeat, that's the first one I thought of. Yeah, yeah. In this movie, he really stands out, yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, Guy Pierce, uh, he's a coward in uh, uh, Mexican-American War, and by happenstance, he, he wins a uh, medal, but his, his superior offer officer transfers him to this crappy outpost in california and then he's there for a few days when uh robert carlisle shows up and he's just the worst for wear and he tells a story of cannibalism and so the whole group decides they have to go save the woman he's left back with the cannibal and things turn and it gets ugly it gets bloody um it's funny it's it's you know guy pierce is always great he is yeah but uh robert carlisle steals this movie he is spectacular and it's one of the times when you can actually understand what he's <laughs> saying i know in some of his roles that has been on purpose right but uh, he's, yeah he's got a thick accent Ooh, does he, he ever. does yeah but uh, no this is this is his his show to steal as yeah, you said he owns it he owns it and and it's just you know it's it's surprising it doesn't really go exactly where we expect it to go you know and and uh you know and and here's what i liked about it and also actually i want to point out that both trouble every day and ravenous were both directed by women so that's always fun when we have a couple of female directors in our top 10 and i don't yeah. know if that has anything to do with this or not but this movie really flirts in, in not as directly as the previous one that we talked about but it, it kind of mixes sort of a bloodlust and a lust kind of thing and the and the guy pierce and and carlisle characters there's obviously some some sexual chemistry there <laughs> that that goes unexplored, obviously. But I mean, it's 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 in it, and and in the final scene, it's. I mean, it's just. Um, I found that that element of the movie fascinating. And then the other one, the other scene that gets a lot of a uh, quote is when the guy yells, "He's licking me." <laughs> That's a great scene. <laughs> <laughs> You see, <laughs> you see that uh, and hear that a lot because this. I think you're right, though. Not just we saw it pop up uh, on people on, on the list that, you know, on uh, Facebook that we asked for for recommendations, but it's just one that always pops up in conversation yeah, a lot of times when it you're does. talking about movies in general. You know, and it's kind of a hidden gem. It didn't make any money when I it came out. I was just going to say, Which nobody isn't a surprise, saw it. right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a period cannibal horror comedy. Like, you know, I mean, it's probably not a <laughs> right. big surprise, but the cast is great, the writing is great, the direction is great, the set. I mean, the whole thing, it's just, it's, it's a really, really well-made film. Yeah, uh, and just one of those, I think, Almost on the line of being a cult favorite. Mm-hmm. Maybe not there yet, but maybe it'll get there. I think you're right. Uh, but you, you kind of get that feeling about it. Yeah, from uh, from 1999. That has been a ways back. Yeah. Uh, Ravenous at number four. Uh, number three on our list, one that we've talked about uh, a lot because we are such a fans, not only of this original, but also of the remake a couple of years ago. But the original from 2010 is We Are What We Are. This one, it's so funny about this movie because we have a a Facebook friend, uh, Lindsay, who uh, used to write with us at the other paper when we worked on a paper. But she just only the mention of the name of this movie, and she says, "I'm hiding in the closet. I'm I'm under the bed." <laughs> it's just you know, for some people that that certain things hit a nerve that oh, yeah. just scare them. This does it for her, and and maybe for a lot of people. But it's. It's so good. It's so it sets up the mood. It sets up the the, the desperation, I guess, of the family because they have this, uh, this peculiar peculiar uh, way of um, sustaining, I guess. And then the patriarch dies, and then that sets things in motion. Yeah, it's um, 
you know, and it's it's social commentary, the original, as much as yeah. as anything. And and I think that that gets missed in the remake, although we do like the remake. But it's set in Mexico City, and and it's very much about you know feeding off the poor, exactly. You know about a disposable population, and uh, but but the way it's done is just brilliant it's so moving it's so weird but there's something that feels very authentic about it it's like this hunter-gatherer population just sort of evolved inside the larger population and now they are faced with it seems like a very authentic but primitive issue which is who is going to put food on the table and 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 there's also and they don't explain it a ritual there's meat preparation involved yeah, oh yeah. and all oh, the whole thing is just so compelling you cannot look away and i think that the really nice thing about it is it very definitely is you take that metaphor of feeding off the poor yeah. and you take it very, very literally. literally so you would think you would think that would be oh so over the top so but it's not no it isn't they take it it's almost ironic how literally they take it, but yet it works in a subtle way. Yeah, it really does. Uh, the director, Jorge Michel Grau, is, is I mean, I, I, he is on his game in this. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'm, you know, I'm a little sorry about putting it on a cannibal list because, you know, I mean, it's, it's not immediate. You're not immediately aware of that's what the film is about. But um, and there actually are a couple of movies I did not. I'm not going to talk about today for that reason because I feel like the fact that they turn into a cannibal movie is an important surprise. So they're Spoilers. not going to get. Yeah. Okay. But but this one is such a great film that I thought it'd be too much of a hole in our list if we didn't talk about it. Yeah, and that's that's the original. And then just really, you know, they didn't wait too much longer. Three years later, in 2013, they came out with the American remake, which is. Good, uh, mainly the performance of Michael Parks, who, oh my God, who we yeah. always love, yes. uh, makes it worth it. But it's, it's not quite as good, but it's, it worth, it's worth it seeing. Is. And you know, actually, I mean, it's uh, so, so it was directed by Jim Mickle and co-written with Don Demichi, and you would know those two. They're the, they're the, the team behind Stakeland, yeah. uh, which we love. And so actually, Kelly McGillis has a, a cameo in this as well. She's got a cameo in Stakeland as well. And it's, you know, I, I didn't think I wanted to see it because, but what they did was really entrench the story in a very American folklore side, sort of Southern Gothic, which I think works well for it. And um, I thought the performances were very good. I yeah. mean, it's not quite as relevant or as, it's just beautiful or as weird as the original, but it's a really good movie it and is. definitely worth watching. Yeah. yeah, they're both worth checking out, but we're going to give the nod uh, in our list at number three. Uh, to the original from 2010, We Are What We Are. And number two, talk about a classic. This has popped up on uh, a lot of our lists, because uh, we know it's, it's one of Hope's all-time favorites. Uh, from 1974, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is the movie that is just as real. Just as close. Just as terrifying as being there. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. And we do talk about this all the time because, because yeah. But there's good reason. Yeah, there is. It's a brilliant movie. It's, it, is, it is one of the all-time classics. It is, it's, I love it so much. Um, and there is definitely, there's the cannibalism element to it. So it obviously, it makes onto the list. But actually, I thought, since we do talk about it so much, I want to take a moment. So the rest of the series didn't actually make this list because we're only going to go with five. But I think that especially the second in the series, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 from 1980, which Toby Hooper also directed, and of course, Dennis Hopper stars, and it doesn't get enough attention. And it's a great one. And, and it's funny because Bill Mosley is, is in that one as Chop Chop. So it's, and, and, and then, uh, um, Neil Sidow is back. He's the cook again. And it's, um, I mean, Jim. I'm sorry, Jim Sidow. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, is back. And it's really gets on your nerves. I mean, it's a very nerve wracking film, the second one and uh, and a great movie and and probably grislier, to be honest, than the first movie. But but really well done. And then I just want to throw out there. It's not a good one, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 was actually called Leatherface. It's pretty good, and it's Viggo Mortensen is the bad guy, and he's awesome. <laughs> he's always good. He is, and Ken Foray is in, and that's never a bad idea. Right. Um, yeah, he's awesome. Um, for the fourth one, by the fourth uh, Next Generation, they actually completely drop cannibalisms. The only reason I'm mentioning it is because one of my all-time favorite, Skeletons in the Closet, because Oscar winner... Matthew McConaughey and Oscar winner Renee Zellweger co-star in this just steaming heap of feces called <laughs> but Kim Kim Hinkle who wrote who co-wrote the original wrote and directed the fourth which is just I, I remember seeing that in the first place going what seriously yeah oh my god it's it's pretty it's pretty it's a convoluted ridiculous ridiculous mess but it's really worth seeing for the <laughs> but again there's no there's no uh, flesh eating in, in the fourth one just in one through three right <laughs> but so uh, so those just are fall under the the uh, umbrella of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but that's the one, of course, that... Well, really, it could make so many different lists because there's so many different and and worthwhile reasons to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's you know it's going to be up there toward the tops from 74, and it also always gives us the chance to talk about the time that you got your picture taken with uh, Marilyn Burns <laughs> and, and Gunnar Hansen, Hansen. <laughs> and he wrote on your picture, You're next! <laughs> that was very cool. That was a, you should see the picture. I just have this... Just this big nerd smile, like my face is going to burst. I'm so happy. <laughs> you know what? When we when we post that, we should find that picture when uh, this gets posted. Uh, this uh, podcast gets posted on the Columbus Horror site, and just put it up there. Okay, this is the picture we're talking about. <laughs> but uh, so that's number two. So you know, number one has to be a good one, and you've probably guessed already what it is. We're talking about cannibals and <laughs> Chianti's from 1991, Silence of the Lambs. You're very frank, Larry. I think it would be quite something to know you in private life. Quid pro quo, Doctor. Again, one that is worth seeing for so many reasons. And it just came up, this movie just came up in the news this week. Because did you see this? No. Did we talk about uh-uh. this? No. The, the house. James Gum's house. <gasps> I did is see up, that is up, up for sale. sale. Can we buy it? <laughs> and I, I saw some of the comments, you know, or all funny underneath it was, it was is the well included? <laughs> is the whole <laughs> does precious come with? Um, but so he came up. I started seeing a lot of pictures of of James Gum or Jamie Gum's oh my God. face on, on on the internet, and it was yeah that that house is for sale. Can you imagine living there? Yeah, and maybe. Right. And maybe yeah. every now and then, just for fun, put on those uh, laser vision glasses, or those <laughs> night vision glasses, I mean, and just walk around. Uh, crazy. But yeah, so cannibalism, obviously, with Hannibal Lecter is a big uh, a big theme. But man, it's just, well, as, as we said, it's your favorite movie. You think it's it a is. darn near flawless now, movie. Now, let me, let me ask you, does it say anything about me that my two favorite movies are both about cannibals? <laughs> I just noticed it right this second. Well, I'm more comfortable with them being that kind of cannibal than the one, than the trouble every day kind. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> that would, you know, hmm. Just the fact that it made number five has my, <laughs> you know, my guard up. Let's put it that way. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's so great. We've talked about the direction. Oh you, my it, God. It's just one of those movies. It's a movie like, uh, the, like The Shining that can be dissected scene by scene. Yeah, absolutely. To show what he's trying to do, uh, Jonathan Demme. Uh, how he accomplishes it with right. the great performances, with the atmospherics, with everything thrown in there. Uh, it's just such a, such a great movie. But in 
the end of the day, it's it's also about a guy who's a cannibal. Exactly. And, you know, I think that uh, it's really a credit to, to Demi and his skill if you look at the sequels, because also all of the sequels are also about a cannibal. And yet they didn't make this list, even though many of them have, like, I mean, you know, um, Ridley Scott. I mean, they have some great directors that yeah. just cannot quite pull it off. And and it's really, it's a, it's a, it's a testament to his skill that you can have a movie, and I've said this before, about a guy who eats human flesh helping the FBI track down a guy who wears human flesh, and that movie won every major Oscar. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is an amazing accomplishment because who wants to see that besides us and the people listening right now, right? <laughs> I mean, who? it's a small circle of people who really are interested in watching a cannibal hunt down a flesh wearer, but all the world saw it because it was a brilliantly executed. Well, you know what? I remember uh, the time around the Oscars of that year. There were people that were saying just that and were against it. Yeah. That a movie like this should not win, which is, of course, bullcrap hadn't seen it because that's what always happens yeah uh just bull uh you know if it's if it's good enough and it was uh to win so i give him give him credit because it really bucks the trend uh, you you most oscar watchers or whatever would say no a movie like this can't sweep the oscars but it did and yeah and and well done so. and a lot of it because anthony hopkins created such uh just uh, you know uh for the ages villain oh. and not the kind of cannibal that you might expect right. you know it just just this controlled, quiet menace, Perfect. and oh my! And you know the thing about it that makes that makes it make sense. Whereas he's not sort of the hills have eyes style of you know they've started eating it now. This is what they eat. He's basically just he is the alpha predator. He is the top of the food chain. He's right. the smartest one. He will do what he wants, and this is what he wants. Yeah, he doesn't want to bother with something a lesser prey. This is what he wants. I mean, it's it's a it's an amazing. And as much scary concept, and as much credit as he gets, and he should, you know, Jodie Foster's performance sometimes gets lost, and yeah. she's she's great as well. Oh my well. god, yeah, she uh, is. And Ted them, Levine, which I say all the time, oh, yeah. Ted Levine was so great in it. And remember, Jodie Foster mentioned Ted Levine in her acceptance speech. Yeah, uh, and that which was very cool. Because it, yeah, it was very cool. And if I can circle back, so of course we're saying Anthony Hopkins has been in at least two cannibal movies. Ted Levine is in the remake of The Hills of Eyes, so he has too. None <laughs> of us, we just can't get away no, from it. Once you taste human flesh, you it, just keep coming back. It all comes back. It's a beautiful <laughs> circle. It's a perfect circle. So number one uh, on our list for the cannibal movies, Silence of the Lambs, 1991. And that sets us up for some uh, things we're uh, looking forward to. Number one is our next uh, Fright Club Live. Right. Event, which is coming up on September the 9th. I want to repeat that for some reason. I just keep saying September 10th. Yes, yeah, so it's no. not September no. 10th. It's September the 9th because it's always on Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, second Wednesday of the month, and that is going to be at the Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio. Please stop down if you can. It is going to be Shaitan, yes. which uh, I know a lot of people are looking forward to seeing, myself included. So this well, here's should, the thing: this it's, should be fun. It's it's a, it's a movie that probably most of you have not seen because you really you, you could probably get it on DVD, but I don't think it, it streams anywhere. It has never shown in Columbus, Ohio, which is where we are located, so it's never screened here. I'm very excited to be able to just bring it just draw people's attention to it i I really love this movie it's a french horror movie we love french horror movies oh yeah it's nuts it's it's so weird but it's awesome yeah so we've been having a great time with these uh, fright club lives there's prizes there's food there's drinks there's beer uh it's always a great time and uh, we hope everybody can come out and we're also starting to make the list for the uh, next few fright club lives after that we've got some great one great possibilities Mm -hmm. met with uh, chris at the gateway uh, the other night where you met uh, lafonda from from uh, napoleon Napoleon dynamite Dynamite. oh my god like i wasn't a big nerd about that at all (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> she was in town for the uh, Film Festival of Columbus and uh, got a little FaceTime, so that's cool. So we'll have more announcements about those coming up, but please join us if you can but on September 9th. But you know what? September Help 9th. us out with something. Help yeah, us out with something. Please. So not next week, but in the next couple of weeks, we want to do um, best sequels. And I thought, let's just throw it out there. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, you and I could decide on our own, but I think this is a good, a good, and well, anyway, we, we want you to help us. W- yeah. What's your favorite horror sequel? What are the best horror sequels? Yeah, and of course, it doesn't have to be uh, a number two. It can be the sequel, the third, yeah, fourth, exactly. fifth, exactly. whatever. Exactly. Uh, whatever uh, sequel is your favorite, you let us know, because I know there's a lot of uh, polarizing opinions on this oh, subject exactly. as well. So uh, it's easy to do it on Twitter. We're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, uh, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. We also got that uh, Columbus Horror Group, too, uh, of Bridget. So uh, there's a lot of ways to keep the conversation going. You can, but we leave, a comment. You can leave a comment on our website, madwolf.com. Please and you can that. leave a comment on uh, uh, Golden Spiral Media, which is yeah. the, the lovely folks who, who host our podcast. I mean, carrier, there's a lot of ways to do carrier it. Carrier Pigeon Works. Exactly. Uh, train Seal. Uh, whatever you want to do. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm anticipating some great uh, recommendations for this because I think a lot of people have good, uh, good ideas and uh, ones that are... It's probably going to be tough to pare it down. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, when you think of all the horror sequels, because there are so many, because as we've talked about before, a lot of times horror movies have low budgets, make a lot of money, so they spur sequels yeah. like Sinister 2, which right. even though it didn't come out very well, it, those sequels just keep coming. Oh, yeah. And some are better than others. So let us know your favorite horror sequels. That is coming up in the next few weeks, another edition of Fright Club. So a lot, a lot in the pipeline. So let us know, and until next week... I'm Hope Madden. I'm George Wolf, and this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. Let's go fantasy.